Are you a woman over 50 in midlife who wants to dismantle self-doubt and instead embrace your inner rebel? You're going to want to stick around for this episode. Hello and welcome to my show, Curious on Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Guevara-Wingler. I'm an artist, a certified and creative life coach, professional alcohol-free coach, and the creator of Color, Language of the Soul Virtual Watercolor Workshops, where we delve deep into emotional and creative expression. I said yes to something bigger right in midlife. I believe we're meant to be the highest version of ourselves. On this podcast, we discuss creative transformation at any age and at any stage. There is curiosity around social norms for women, around aging, romance, alcohol, cultural expectations, and ancient wisdom. Curious? Stick around. I am beyond thrilled to introduce Raquel today to the podcast. Raquel, you don't know how eager I am to talk to you. Thank you so much (laughs) for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. You know, one of the things that I just love, and you speak my language, is you write, you are empowering women in midlife to dismantle self-doubt and embrace their inner rebel. And you know, I <laughs> love that. Tell me about that. Tell me how you came to that. How you Oh, well, I came to that through my own lived experience. Because when I like, you know, everybody talks about finding freedom in in recovery and going alcohol free. And and I did that to an extent. But it like it didn't it never felt really free it it didn't feel like i thought it was supposed to feel when i went alcohol free because i was still burdened with like tremendous shame and guilt over you know just the all the shit that i had caused when when i was drinking and you know like i just i kind of well i i went to rehab not everybody does that but in my case i did and when i walked out like i had been alcohol free for 28 days and I walked back into life feeling like a complete and utter failure, mm. like in every way. And that was really hard to yeah, painful, kind of, so painful. It was very, very painful. And that, you know, those feelings of of shame and guilt and like just fear over living life. Like I second guessed everything I did and every decision I made. I had so much self-doubt. And it took me a really long time to rebuild that. I didn't know how that wasn't something that they talked about Mm -hmm. in the recovery program. So it was kind of like, I I felt like a fish out of water and I had to figure out how to do it for myself. And I did, it took a long time, but I did. So that's why I like to step in with women after they've left the alcohol behind to help them rebuild the life that they want. Beautiful. There's so much, um, like you talk about the the shame around it, because in our society, even though alcohol is completely pushed on us, marketed to us, you know, we're all supposed to enjoy it. Like 
I'm a air quotes, uh, normal people, like what a joke, um, because it's such an addictive substance. And then when we go down that road, we, you know, then we're sh- society also then shames and judges. And there is a lot of pain around that. And I know we have been through our own individual alcohol journey. That's how I know you and love you and you inspire me. <laughs> um, so how did you then, was it, I know you, you, you found your way, but would you say that you like, did you kind of like find yourself asking the universe, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not, I went through this rehab, but I'm feeling so empty and shameful. How did you get the energy to move forward? Was it seeking people, reading? Talk about that. Mm, that just that question almost brings me to tears because it was very much like that. Like I cried my eyes out to the universe, desperately looking for help and seeking guidance. And it was like the answer I always got was just start from the ground up, build your foundation and the rest will follow. And so that's what I did. And I, I asked for help. I found women that seemed to be doing it better than me and did what they were doing. Some of it I liked, some of it I didn't like, some of it worked, some of it didn't work. And it was kind of just that process of trial and error. And, and, but that, that was one of the biggest things for me was seeking out other women who were, who I felt were stronger than me at Mm -hmm. that point, I would eventually be stronger, but at that point they were stronger than me and they, you know, they knew something that I didn't. So that's why I, I went to them for help and I found amazing support. And it was kind of like, and in that support, like, you know, I learned to kind of get in touch with, with who, who I am and, and what I wanted. Like one of the things I found when, um, and it's funny, I was working with a woman this morning who is feeling the exact same way. And it was all I could do not to cry all through our session because it was just like my heart was breaking for her. And it was like, when I came out of rehab, I felt so broken and like such a failure that I didn't feel like I had a voice anymore. I felt like all I had to do was just do everything everybody told me to do. You don't, you don't, you know, like it was... Yeah, an empty shell that has to be told, kind of. Exactly, exactly. And and this morning when I was working with this woman, um, she said she feels like a dog. Wow. Like being kind of directed, trained, retrained and directed in how to do life. And like, I mean, just that feeling is so yeah. Act with shame. We can relate. We can relate to those moments of feeling alone too, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to your point, different levels of mean to that place in our mind, you know, like you said, everybody is a little different with how they get there. Um, I know you talked about working with a woman this morning. We haven't gotten there yet, but I love that you brought it up because you now have become, uh, you know, evolved into a certified <laughs> 
life coach, <laughs> this naked mind coach, helping women in midlife. Um, the you also talk about alcohol freedom without uh, deprivation, which is powerful. It is. It's. I went through the um, traditional twelve step model of um, recovery <clears throat> because you know I've been sober now almost twelve years. So when I when I came into this to this realm, there there weren't a lot of options. So it was kind of, you know, you go to AA or you try to do it on your own. And I did not want to try and do it on my own. So I went to AA and it it felt that to me what felt like a program of deprivation. It was it felt to me like I was always um and not necessarily me personally, but just the program in general. And I and I'm not knocking AA, like it saved my life at a point when my life needed saving. Yes. And, and I honestly don't know that I'd be sitting here talking to you guys today if it weren't for that program. But wow, I did feel like the entire program is just pushing alcohol one step ahead. I, yeah, I guess I see that. I I've never been through that, but people that I've spoken to, I get that feeling or that, it, yeah, it's being pushed. It's something that, that ha- has power over, over right. us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel that way. I know you don't feel that way any longer. Um, yeah. How beautiful. So you came through that journey. You kicked alcohol to the curb 12 years ago, it sounds like. And you, I guess for years were feeling not good about it, not free about it. When did the freedom come? Well, it's funny because it was like, it was, it was such, I was living in such cognitive dissonance because on one hand, like the day that I stopped drinking, the last time that I stopped drinking, um, I, I well and truly felt like that is in my past and now I'm moving into my future. <clears throat> And it was like, I, I I never recall, there had been times that I had quit prior to that day that I do recall craving it and like going out of my mind, wanting it and obsessing about it and all of that. But from this day, I, and I, I can't tell you what was different. Maybe I had just finally had enough. Mm. Um, I do feel that was the big part of it. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I know what you mean. A big part can be that, like you're done. Yeah. Yeah, I was no longer kidding myself or lying to myself. I got like a hundred percent honest about it, and it was, it was like I can't do life without alcohol, so I need to do it without, and and I want to do it without. I really, genuinely don't want to drink anymore. And from that day on, I didn't crave it. I didn't think about it. I didn't feel like it was hovering over me, but I did feel like I was in a program where it hovered. Yeah. And I felt like, like, so it was kind of like, I didn't really, that feeling of not like, I didn't, I wasn't scared of alcohol. I didn't, I, you know, I, I do take one day, I do take life one day at a time, but it wasn't like, you know, hopefully for the next 24 hours, I can get through the next 24 hours without a drink. It wasn't that kind of mentality. No, It was like, yeah, I know I'm going to get through the, the next 24 hours in the next week and the next month and the next 10 years without a drink. I don't, really have to worry about that anymore. But I felt like I was in a program that um it that wasn't the way you know, most people were thinking, maybe that it wasn't. Yeah. And I felt like I was expected to be scared of it all the time. 
That's very, very interesting, which can be a very big negative in how we feel about becoming alcohol-free. Mm-hmm. If we think, yeah. yeah, wow. Well, it's so great that like you no longer have that mentality, right? Your whole mind shift, you've had a mind shift around it or you feel yeah, I, around it? I just, I, I came to a point when I didn't feel that, um, that AA was really the right fit for me anymore. And this was after several years of being very, very heavily involved in the program and all aspects of it. Um, so I kind of slowly stepped to, started to step away from it and, and to seek out other communities, other programs, other ideas, other thoughts, like, you know, it, it's kind of, it's, it's a, a way or, or no way. Right. And I, you I looking- dared to, I dare to venture out. The rebel. (laughs) Right? I can't help it. There's got to be other ways that this is. (laughs) I I want to do this my way. (laughs) And, you know, and that's like your motto because everyone listening is going to learn that not only did she do all of this and is helping others now with their journey and becoming free and um, alcohol is smallly relevant. You are now <laughs> doing something else that just lights me up. She is traveling, going out of her comfort zone. Please, please tell us about how that's going and where you started, where you're from and, and where you went. And so. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen my comfort zone in months. I don't even know where it is anymore. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> is that and is it is that exhilarating <laughs> scary okay how, how are you with it's all of the above depending um, on the day you are yeah. living you are feeling yeah. life every moment okay yeah. let me let you tell us so. <laughs> so I decided that um travel was something I'd always wanted to do and um I did a little bit not a lot mainly because I was always, you know, waiting for someone to come with me or waiting for the opportunity to present itself. I didn't create the opportunity. And, you know, since, since I turned 50, my life is about creating, not waiting. And I would love it. So I decided to just say, you know what, to hell with this wonderful life that I have here in Nova Scotia, Canada. Well, I'm not there anymore, but, um, I'm just going to sell everything I own and move into a suitcase and start traveling and see where it takes me. And it's um, been on the road now over five months. And I started off in Costa Rica and I spent a couple of months in, in Costa Rica traveling around. And that was amazing. And then I spent a couple of months in Colombia and that was amazing. And now I'm in Ecuador and this is amazing. I'm bloody cold all the time, but it is, it's beautiful. Except it's funny. I'm cold when I'm inside, when I'm outside, I'm very comfortable. Why? Because, Why well, there's that? no, there's no heating or cooling systems here. Oh, so it never gets warm, like warm. It so never gets really up. warm. Okay. But yeah. when you go out during the day, the sun might be out and so you can warm the, up a little bit. Yeah, and I'm I'm at like nine thousand feet. I'm up in the Andes Mountains, so oh it's God. the sun is really intense. Yes. So when you go out, the sun warms you up, like really warms you up, y and then ab- you come home and you freeze again. Yes, <laughs> y hablas español? 
Oh, un poquito. And when you laughed, did you speak any? Uh, just very, just very the basics, and and I'm just slightly above the basics now. But I'm I'm starting. Laughing. Yeah, I'm starting to understand a lot more. But it's I still um, there's still this kind of mental block around me actually speaking the language, and I thought that that block would go away once I'm in a country that is Spanish speaking, then I, then, you know, it would feel more normal to me to speak the language. And sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't, it's kind of hard to read and, you know, but I mean, between my little bit of broken Spanish, my um, elevated uh, level of hand language, <laughs> language lots of I've now, lots of smiles. I've now gotten very good at explaining things with my hands and Google Translate between those three oh, things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Google Translate. I do. Okay. Well, that's a, yes. And the people yeah. probably appreciate you trying and they're probably very welcoming. And do you find that the people? I have been incredibly fortunate that I've only run into really beautiful people and they are incredibly patient with me. <laughs> trying to explain things. <laughs> wow. And it's it's actually been a big lesson for me because I think it's elevated my patience when someone is trying to speak to me in a language that I don't necessarily understand. Yes. It's so true, isn't it? And it also reminds yeah. us that yeah, when somebody's trying to speak to us in English, you know, we might get impatient because, you know, they're not and it's like, well, now when you're trying to do that, it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They're doing the so best they are can. Are you able to share this journey with people you're meeting, the purpose of of this travel? Or are you just being an adventurer? And, and I know you're blogging and you've got an amazing yep. work. Let's talk about that. Where can people follow your journey and where can people reach out to you if they want to talk to you about coaching or just even a discovery call to chat about their relationship or curiosity around alcohol. So they can find me uh, on my website, RaquelReed.com. They can find me on Instagram at Alcohol Free Nomad Coach. I'm also on Facebook, Raquel Reed Coaching. Um, Where else am I? I think that might be it. <laughs> and I, I've started a blog. I've just got, um, I've only got a few posts up. So it's just something that is something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And now I finally have the time to do it. So, and that is called the heroine's journey. And I'm really pumped about that because it's, you know, like there's, there's the hero's journey. Well, this is the heroine's journey. Yes. And it's for, you know, all the women who kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel like part of me, my life was a, was a culmination of my choices and I take a hundred percent ownership for that. But I also feel like I was, I made choices that put me into a life that I felt was appropriate. And it wasn't necessarily what, um, what my heart longed for and what, what my soul needed. It didn't give me the the fulfillment and the purpose that I craved. And um, and that's part of what this is about. So this is for all those women. And, 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 you know, I'm not knocking my old life because it was pretty damn good. And th- the life that I have now is, is pretty damn good. And it's just really, really different. Like I'm, that's it. It's different. Yeah. It's, it's, 
I love the way you just said that. There's no judgment about what you were doing before. And like you're choosing now and you're being an inspiration, Raquel, because to do this at midlife, and I'm right there with you, I said yes too <laughs> to something bigger. <laughs> and part of it for us isn't just that. It was also getting alcohol, which was numbing, you know, all our vibes and all this wonderful work and message that we want women to know that, you know, it, it can be so beautiful. Uh, you know, you can transform your life at any age, at any stage. Raquel is such an inspiration. Follow. I love these Instagram posts and this newest blog you say, because your journey, you write beautifully. It's like a little story, like a journal, like a travel journal. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. Beautiful. And so people will just see that on Instagram then? Anyone that just... Uh, the blog. So on Instagram, if, if you go to my profile on Instagram, there's a li- my link tree. Oh, yes. And and all of, all of my links are in there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So they can find the blog through that. And I want... What, what else would you like women, especially women over 50, I'm going to say? I'm into the next decade already. And... It's feeling pretty grand so far because kicked booze to the curb uh, almost three years ago now. Kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what would you? What do you want to say to women that feel like you know what? It's too late. Nobody's going to want to hire me. You know, my value. Society tells us that our value diminishes. You know, obviously, I don't believe any of that crap. I feel like we're so wise. But what can you? How can you inspire someone that's listening that, yes, you can? <laughs> it's, yeah, like to to the question, um, am I too old? Too old for what? You're still living, breathing, li- and, and enjoying life. So what are you too old for? Why not go out and do these things that you want to do? And and I know as, as I... As 50 started to come closer, I'm I'm 52 now. I'll be 53 soon. Oh, a and baby. As 50, just a baby. <laughs> I still feel like a baby some days. Other days, not so much. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, I, as 50 was starting, like, you know, 48, 49, I felt that um, Glenna Doyle talks about it so beautifully, the inner knowing. And I felt like I had, suppressed that voice for a long time and she she was not she would not be suppressed like she would she would creep out here and there and I would try to ignore it and as I started to approach 50 that inner knowing just got louder and louder and louder to a point where it just could not be ignored anymore I had to answer it and you know that kind of thing is just so individual and so personal. It could look like anything. It could look like build that garden in your backyard, or it could look like sell everything you own and move to South America. Like it could look like absolutely anything. So true. So there's, you know, what I would say to women is no matter what it looks like, how big or how small you think it is, just answer it. Yeah. And, and the knowing, the inner knowing, I think we do all, there's that little voice, you know, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's the one that keeps nudging you. And 
I think what we're saying here is that give it a listen, you know, because you become curious about what is possible. That's so cool. That's that's exactly how all of this happened. Yeah, just by curiosity, right? What and then and then leaning in just by curiosity to the discomfort. (laughs) Oh, I started. I started to ask myself what was possible rather than what was not possible. Ah, and not being and not shying away from from because it can it can start to feel a little scary as you start getting grand ideas. Oh, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And then and then it was kind of like, well, what would be possible if you did do that? Yes. What yeah. would be possible if you stopped doing this? Those kind of and then got curious about the answers and just kind of started yeah. to listen. Yeah. That's so great. So that's really great advice. Just listening, you know, listening to that voice. This has been really Again, I know it's so inspirational when somebody does and takes a leap like what you have done. And so I encourage anyone listening to to follow along because it's so cool. Thank you, Raquel, so much. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. And I'm looking forward to following your journey. Yes. And mine, yours. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are inspired with what you have heard, please let me know by leaving me a review on iTunes and by telling a friend. And if you're not already following me on Instagram, be sure to follow me for tips and creative expression and support. Follow me at Rebecca Givada Wingler or at Curious on Life. If you'd like to work with me, You can go to my website and check out courses and intuitive art workshops. Go to RebeccaGivadaWingler.com.